0: Another week of NBL action, and I'll tell you what we thought. We were on the straight and narrow, but no, COVID's jumped in. Another schedule rearranged, a couple of upset results, a couple of normal results. The Perth Wildcats continue to roll, and the man across from me, everything is as normal, Pistol Pete Hooley. Everything is as normal. Good to be here, Felix. And speaking of normal, the spotlight king himself (laughs) pops up at (laughs) a throwdown. Loves getting in the spotlight I knew this would come up. It has to come up because we'll run the footage now – you were courtside and you, it was a throwdown, so you're, I was. you're a Phoenix guy. I was I was there at a Phoenix function, which is the funny thing here. There he is. Oh, he's getting up and about. You know, it's almost as if I was tipped off that that was going to happen by the way that I'm looking at the camera. Now, anyone with a basic knowledge of broadcast and that sort of stuff would understand that. But apparently, it is true because the director told me that I've called <laughs> Felix and I was like, I'd rather you just try and get him doing something silly instead of not knowing that it was going to be scripted. And I knew I was going to be stitched up with it as well. But the best part was that I was excited for Melbourne. One, because Jock Landau just threw it down. Jock Landau's my mm. boy. And two, I had Melbourne United at the 4.5 line, which I thought was ridiculous that that was set at 4.5, considering everything that's going on with South East Melbourne. That's all it was. 4.5. That's something that should have been... I never say never set it at double Mm. figures. Probably one that should have been set at double figures. Had to take full advantage of that. And me... And my mate had a grand old night. And the other thing is, I you're a big entertainer. I expected more, actually, because you were tipped <laughs> off for that. Like a little bit of a fist pump. Well, I the problem a bit flat. was, it was, like, it was take, next United basket. And I had absolutely... Take your shirt it, off. It took about four plays. How good's Parisi just yeah, have a look in at the him. corner there with the three goggles? Have a look at it. But I'll tell you the best part of this. So the NBL decides to chuck it on socials. Mm. Tag out Felix Hoff. And then some of the DMs that I received. Oh, now, no. I seem to be a penchant for hate mail on Twitter, Sometimes I get it on the email. Somehow it is warranted. The email it is probably warranted. You know, I'm not Mm. thick-skinned. Happy to take it. But the funniest ones that I get are the ones. And I got two of them during this saga Mm. of people saying, "I can't stand you on the commentary. Every time you're on, I mute the game. You've ruined it for me. I'm never watching the NBL again." Notice to everyone, I don't actually commentate the games or have any involvement there, that, so yeah, that can only be one of two things: either they've never watched a game before and they're just trying to come at you, or they're getting us confused and they hate me. So that's what I was, about, I was about to say. No, 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 no. That's Pete. You hate Pete. Clearly got Hoolie. me confused there. That was Peter Hooley commentating the game, but I can understand where your hatred comes from. But oh, we're starting it off angry now. Well, you always start off angry. I'm always. I'm just a cranky old bastard these days. You are. But anyway. The MBL narrative, mm. MBL Melbourne Basketball League. Now it centres around the New Zealand versus Melbourne game, which the refereeing, the officiating, was poor. I didn't see this game because it I was, was poor. Yeah. Oh, terrible. Right. But that has been par for the course this year. This league is not well officiated. Yep. And I think everyone can agree with that. And again, I've said before, I'm not placing that onus on the officials themselves. They're part time. Yeah. This is a part-time thing. The AFL runs into these issues as well. And I think the AFL is spending a whole lot more money on this than what the NBL would in terms of paying refs, officials, umpires, whatever you want to call them, during the year. So it's a little bit tough mm. to come at them in that standpoint. But then out comes the narrative from the usual figureheads. Oh, this is Larry's team, United. Larry's league. He's rigging this game because they're 18 points down mm. and he wanted his team to win. That is the most bullshit, as usual. And I hate having to do this because everyone, knows Larry loyalists, blah, blah, blah. But the guy owns, I did a little bit of digging after that. Now, the refereeing was poor, but in yeah. no way was this, let's get Melbourne to win. No. In no way. So I did a little bit of digging to see how much Larry actually sort of owns in Melbourne United. And these figures have come from third parties, other people involved. Like Croc Media did a bit of digging, digging there to see where the ownership stake was. And it's looking like Larry owns no more than 5 to 10% of United. <sighs> So that's not much. 5 to 10%. Let me give you a little anecdote Mm. in the world of horse racing and and horse race ownership. So I've got some friends that owned a uh, horse. They owned about, I think it was 10% of it. Mm. Owned 10% of the horse. They didn't even know this thing was being sold until it was sold with a 10% ownership. Mm. If you have a 5% ownership, you don't even get a say. Sit down while they're naming the thing. Mm. You don't even get to decide what this thing's named. You get a horse running around like Reach Around. Well, that might just be yours (laughs) because you only had 5% of it. So apparently, Larry, a man of a humongous net worth, is rigging a game against New Zealand. Let's not worry about Ty Webster going three for 15. Let's not worry about the turnovers. No. This one was rigged. They wanted Melbourne United to win because it's Larry's team. It's the usual same old bullshit to give up an excuse for a team that just blew a wide open lead. Yeah, and as you said, there were some bad calls. From what Shockers. and Shockers. But we've seen that in the past and especially we've yeah. seen that with Colton Iverson. Like, he gets officiated. He was much better when they played the Bullets, which we'll get onto a bit later. Uh, but yeah, it was just some really bad things. The technical fouls, I, I, you can't hear what's going on. You need to be able to hear the, the referee mics to know what what's happening there. But yeah, it's it's... Silly, that's the first thing you can jump at. It's the is the first thing. What, what's going to happen next year with the Jack Jumpers? Are we going to say, oh, no, 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 they're just rigging this for the Jack Jumpers to win? Larry's got an ownership stake in Brisbane. Now, that one I could not get to the bottom of and find how much he actually owns in well, Brisbane. Was, I've got was, no idea. It was pretty. I, I have a feeling that that could be higher than what he has in United. Well, it was pretty common knowledge a couple of years ago that he was trying to sell both and then trying to sell Media, both and then Croc eventually Media Croc, came Croc Media jumped in and have it, a, yeah. a majority ownership Archie, of yeah. Melbourne United. And they do a great job of promoting it and everything like that. Now, that's a strategic partnership that is very, very smart to have Hutchie involved there. Yeah. But, again, this ridiculous, no facts based in reality, no rational thought, This oh, this must be Larry's team. The NBL's is just rigged to get Melbourne United to well, win. Well, you don't let facts get in the way of a good story. No, you no, know no. no you don't let facts Twitter. get in the way of an But it's also, you look at, and everyone's like, well, everything's based in Melbourne. Well, everything is. We are the sporting capital. I know that people try and say <laughs> we are the sporting capital. And, yeah, well, There's a Fox footy studio here as well. So I know there's there's a lot more teams in AFL, but this is the way it is with with Melbourne. And I think everybody wants to see everybody succeed in the NBL, which encompasses every single team. Like everybody wants to see every team succeed to continue to grow the NBL. We just got to get past it. If the league was being rigged for anything to happen, I can tell you now that Perth would not be being rigged to be doing this well every single year. Perth wouldn't would be well. Because yeah. they've got their fan base. And yeah. I'm guaranteeing, even if Perth started to lose, they have a loyal fan base that would not worry about they'd still rock up to every single game. Perth had, it was like three years ago when they were out, their record was under 500 halfway through the season. Yeah, They're and still they packing out the stands into every the finals game. and won. Yeah. Like, it's just, they have their and own. We'll get a touch on Perth a little bit later Oh, we well, always do. Absolute class. Hashtag, hashtag Harpy league, as always. And says, says, yeah, says, Harpy says, yeah. all the usuals. Schedule overhaul again. Now, there's one person I'm not jealous of. It is NBL HQ having to work out these new schedules with the Brisbane lockdown and people saying, "Oh, well, why is you know why is Sydney now going to Perth and this thing?" Because everything gets affected. It's a domino effect, unfortunately. So there's going to be a lot of changes. Eight cases, I believe it was today yeah, yep. in Brisbane. Do you reckon this is the last of it that we see? No. Or do you think that there's going to be a much? There's bigger going to be a lot. I think overhaul? there'll be a lot more dominoes to fall now because I think the hardest thing is we're seeing it. The, some states are just declaring Brisbane as the hotspot, which is the right thing. But then you've got Mark McGowan again, Western Australia, who put the whole of Queensland. Oh, he would have been excited when he heard the news oh, there to away. shut that board. And, just and bang, the whole of Queensland. Now, that Brisbane and New Zealand were in Brisbane to play that game, but Cairns and Adelaide were in Cairns. And all of a sudden, those two teams now can't go to WA for 14 days. Now, you look at the Breakers. The Breakers were due to go to... Perth. The Breakers have had three games cancelled in Perth this year so far, or postponed. So now they're trying to get back to play their games in Tassie. All of a sudden, if Tassie's trying to backdate things, that changes everything. Everything is completely out of the NBL's control. I understand how frustrating it would be for the players to pack your bags. That's the hard thing. There's frustration on both sides here. Because I can understand with the players, It's how do we know? Unfortunately, I don't, I don't think the NBL knows. No, they what's don't. Happening Otherwise, they'd you it know. Ends. This is something that happens. Okay, we've got to have a 1 a.m. meeting to try to work this out of where everyone's going. And then the players are tweeting out at 9 a.m. We don't even know what's happening. Well, you know what? You've, you've just kind we've of got to go with the punches. Four and a half, five weeks of the NBL Cup, everything was based, but you knew what was happening. So we've been lucky. We're still in a pandemic for nothing to arise. And now we're looking, the AFL just started, and the Brisbane Lions all of a sudden packed for a two night trip and are now here for a week or so. So you just. Yeah. If you're playing professional sports still in a pandemic, you've got to be prepared to do this, and it sucks, but to get the season finished now, and you've got to just be ready to roll with the punches. I'm at the point now where if they said we have to jab this vaccine in your eyeball <laughs> to get it, you take I'd, it, I'd take the double jab. You Give it. me both, both. Both eyes. If I'm going to be blind, I'd make it both. Fair enough. <laughs> Brandon Paul in the doghouse. Mm. Now, this is one of the strangest things that I've ever seen from the Adelaide 36ers. Now, Connor Henry, pretty established coach, hasn't been performing to that level so far at all. And the biggest thing... And again, I, I say with Mojave King, these guys see these guys at practice all the time. So they know more than us when it comes to playing them. But there is something no. that doesn't make sense on court when Brandon Paul is arguably, especially with Josh Giddy, the biggest threat for Adelaide on the floor, and he's barely touching the ball, let alone getting on the court. I don't know what's going on there. there. As you said, there has to be something else. I know you've seen him every day, but the guy walked out of two weeks hotel quarantine, dropped 26, and looked... Insane in that first game. And then since then, not only he's not starting and he's taking six shots. Like he's playing less That's disgusting. than some of the bench guys. And like he was came in that first game, everything was gonna be hyped up about him. So I'm not sure what and he now he just looks disinterested, which as you would, you've come in, he's not gonna be playing for free. Like he's gonna be getting a good little wicket. And they're not running like they can be good, but you've got to run your offense around him. Perth don't just say, eh, Bryce. Adelaide's offense would almost look better if he just got the ball at the top and went 1-1. Well, 1-1. On, That's at the point that or that or offense is. Put the ball in looking- his hands and let him get a ball screen. He literally just hides in the corner. So I'm not sure what's going on with Brandon Paul. And there's a lot of questions going on around him. We had a little niggling injury, but I think there's something else. He, he could have a broken leg right now. And with the Adelaide 36's roster, I'd probably still get in the ball at the top and get him coming off an on-ball. Well, they need Isaac Humphries back. I think he's just soon. We haven't seen Josh Giddy yet, but maybe that. Th- I don't know, but they need. He's exciting That's what the fans Want He's to see everything that we Want to see in the NBL But it's also like and You feel like you're Not getting your full serve And some of the you're watching Adelaide, fans are just like Well the man. season's done now What do we do Are we just playing young guys Are we, are we playing contract guys to See if and they're And that's the hard thing You're just playing kid. young guys How long are these young guys Going to stay around for It's always the thing With Adelaide mm. Holding on to youth They hit the jackpot With that Joey Wright group That moved through And that's what I want to see and I was excited when they got Conor Henry, but right now I'm not seeing much. There's, there's, something, there's something else there. I don't know what it is, but there's obviously something else there. Has to be. I hope, I hope there is, because if that's the decision-making that is just, okay, we're not, not going to push the ball through Brandon Paul, then there's some other questions that need to be asked at the end of the year. Yeah. So I hope that there is something there's else, whether be. it's an attitude issue or something like that. But even if it's an attitude issue, at this point, you've got to win games. That and get Glenn Rice Jr. back in here and play here, Adelaide 36. But, hey, he's a bucket. He's the same thing. <laughs> you play a bucket, get it? To get, to get you some game. Uh, the Warriors knocking on Justinian Jessup's mm. door. Now, this one's an interesting one too. There's a lot of next stars and stuff that have come over here and played really well. You look at Didi Lozada in that first year. Mm. Hasn't really lived up to it this year, but in that first year was another guy where we were sort of like, hey, the Pelicans could probably do with a guy like this at the moment. Jessup, I find it interesting. I look at the Warriors and it's, if you're going to pay that buyout, to get them. I believe there's still a buyout yeah, I think with so. Yeah, I just don't think he's playing to that level. I think he's very good, but I don't think he's playing to NBA buyout level. What did he have last night? Four? Yeah, he didn't do two. Points. Points. He's kind of hit that little rookie wall mid-season. Yeah. It's also they're going to be thinking of are they going to push for the eight Seed and the Golden State Warriors? Are they going to try – they're going to get bounced first round. So they're almost thinking, well, Clay's still could to come back. Steph, Steph's blogging a lot of minutes. He's going to be hurt here and there. So what do they do? Do they want to bring him back and just control his development? That's the thing they're thinking. Should we bring him in? Let him be around these pro pros in the NBA, Steph and all that, gets those extra workouts, all that, and they can really monitor his development or do they trust that he's going to get a better playing Well, And that's game. the issue. So where, where do they see Jessup in the future? Do they see him as a starter? Are they willing to play that, pay that well, sort of money to develop that's someone? The that, that's the thing. What the Warriors at, Do look at a guy like Tyler Harvey on the same team and think, jeez, well, if we're bringing someone over, we're going to make an impact. I still think Tyler Harvey is more than capable. Yeah. But the worries worries are really shallow right now, especially on the bench. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if they're – I'm sure money's not an issue. (laughs) When it comes to that, they'll (laughs) throw whatever. If they want him, they're going to take him back. And I don't think it will happen um, because you also just don't want to ruin like that relationship you have with even the NBL with the team because they take him out. Then all of a sudden, it's going to be a tough run home for the Hawks who have about 13 home games left, I think. So, yeah, I I find it weird. I just can't – I don't understand. I, I think Jessup's a great player and I think he's going to have a future in the NBA to some extent but I'm not sure whether it's buyout worthy at this point of the year. We'll find out. I don't think it will. I don't think he will, but no. no. In player out of bounds, could Bryce Cotton, by the end of his career, I hate these debates because people bring yeah. out the stats and be the NBL GOAT. Now, when we talk about NBL GOAT, I think everyone can agree that it's Andrew Gatt. Yes, Andrew Gay's by far the GOAT. And, of course, there's bias for both of us. I consider Andrew Gay's a good friend. You work with Gazy all the time. Gazy would say that himself is the GOAT. <laughs> 100%. <he's laughs> un, un, unabashed. But when you look at everything that they've done in their careers, it, it's tough to look at because how much do you weight championships and this sort of stuff? Because Bryce Cotton, if they win it this year, he's looking at four. If it's he, tough. If, if he, he has his career, we forget how young Bryce Cotton is. Well, not young in terms of NBL career. I think he's 32 got gotten a red. No. Oh, he's younger than that? No. He's younger. Oh. He's younger. Are Let you, me bring out the stats. Uh, Let me bring out the stats right uh, now on you, Peter Huller. Because he's got to continue this high level. Because we look at Gazy, but even like Leroy Loggins, that's the big debate, is the import. It's 28. Oh, there you go. He's 28 years old. So, geez, he's got a long way to go. Uh the Leroy Loggins debate, Leroy Loggins was putting up like 40 point games when he was like 40. So there's so many. If he continues this. At this level of consistency for another seven odd years, then the question's going to be it's going to be a very valid question. Right now, I don't think we can bring it up. Gazy, Gazy's records, Gazy's all that is insane. It's insane. Look at 14-time NBL scoring champion. Gazy, Gazy. Even NBL assist champion in 1989, and he never eight times NBL, passing. the best one is the eight times NBL most efficient player. Now, you know what they did with that award? They canned it because he won it for eight years. <laughs> I shit you not. They canned what, what the award. That? What is the most efficient player? They, I believe it would have been called the Gaze Award at some point because he won it eight times, and then they canned it, which is one of the most ridiculous statistics when you're arguing over who was the best player. I don't know much in this. about 11 that. Eleven-time yeah. NBL All-Star. Now you look at Bryce Cotton, three-times NBL champion, so he's already got the wood in that one. But Gaze, seven-times NBL MVP. Like it's. It's just ridiculous to compare these two at the moment because Gazy, of course, had a lot longer in the he league. He has to but. do this for another six or so years, and then we can have that serious. But you've also yeah. got to look at the Perth Wildcats in this. I reckon once they get to the end of both of their careers, here's how it's going to look. Gazy's always going to have, by far, the better individual statistics there. But Bryce Cotton could finish his career. Let's say he plays to... I think he's there for the long run. And if he gets naturalised, He'll play for 34, 35. He could have six, seven championships. hmm Now, you look at that, you look at Pert's roster. He's not winning this thing on a Brooklyn Nets or a stacked Warriors team. This year is ridiculously impressive what he's doing this year. And he's only going to get better. He's 28. I reckon once he hits 30, he's going to be... Like, you look at his his scoring numbers are even better when teams are really trying to just lock him down. And his assist numbers are through the roof. How he's gone to another level is just what other levels does he have to come... And he's the most humble superstar you're going to find. 100%. If he finishes his career with four MVPs and seven championships, what do you call him? I'm gonna call him the greatest import ever. Oh, so you would still take Gazy over that. I hate comparing eras as well. It is hard to compare compare, uh, eras. And the issue is as well, we don't have the nostalgia. No, Gazi, exactly. Because basketball was at its peak yeah. in this country when Gazy was running around. So there was all the exposure, and he was so dominant. Cali, so if you tried to argue with someone from that era, you're going to lose. They tell you to sit down and say it's yeah. Gazy because they have the nostalgia attached to it. Whereas we've grown up with Bryce Cotton, correct. Being all not grown up, but in the era of us being heavily involved in the game, Bryce Cotton has been the dominant force. And it depends. How much do you weight championships? And I'll tell you what, I look forward to having this debate for years and years to come. Because i, I it's never rate. gone away. Championships is definitely matters, which is oh, what's going to help his case for continuing this. The mo- I still can't get past the most efficient award. It's ridiculous. I'm gonna have they cancelled it. Like to, to have an award cancelled. Because you win it too because much. Because you win it too much is unheard of. Damo's probably knocking on the door when he... The d- defensive player. Yeah, let's just get it. Let's just get it. You just give him the ring. Anyway, hot or cold... The Wollongong Entertainment Centre rim collapses. Mm. Now, I love to think of these ones as hilarious and funny. And originally, I hadn't seen the backboard camera footage, which we're going to have a look at right here. Now, this makes it look a little bit more dangerous than originally perceived. Because I thought, you know, rim just falls back. No one's around. No, there was players legitimately around. Bang. Goes up. Little hang on the rim, nothing you would expect. Snap back ring, and then, oh, wow. I think that's Lockie Den who just walks underneath it. And you'd be lucky, yeah, it's... You got enough time to get out of that thing. It's not. Some people on Twitter were claiming, I would have thought that the whole ceiling had collapsed. The reason it's cold is because, let's not forget last year, there was a leak in the roof and the game got <laughs> called off at the Wynn Entertainment Centre. So everybody was just thinking, hey, come on, like, again. There was a 30-minute delay to that game and it definitely affected the way Brisbane came out. Like, it was, There was no I surprise. I think Brisbane had so much to worry about through it before. Oh, that, no doubt. Where this, are they going to go? I think that they were always going to no come doubt. out a little bit. And, you know, where are we? and we got told Vic Law was going to play. Vic Law was warmed up and then just didn't play. Yeah, that was a weird one because they, they said he was going to be a fitness test. and did that with Hodgie as well where's the where, where, how why does that information not get passed to the broadcast team? because that is an essential a, thing an essential thing for many reasons I agree. of course I work in the wagering space Yep, that I sort know, of information is essential when you talk about moving prices for where a team should be that is essential information with the most impactful player second most impactful player for Brisbane is not going to take the court for people watching the game pretty impactful broadcast probably needs to know I agree that sort of stuff. and that's something that I mean as a broadcast we' try and get all three. we need to know because even on Hodgie we didn't know until the third quarter on the other night he's in his warm-up and we got told he was available turns out he did yeah. 2003 he did a car what a, you need to be able to have that transparency is because if you're a fan and your team's struggling and Matt Hodgson who has dominated against the breakers in the past isn't playing in that game you're going to jump online and, and you like, expect you a lot of people Why get their information from the broadcast well, so you'd yeah. expect okay if this guy's is he being benched did he do something in the locker room you open up a whole pan's labyrinth of of things that could have happened. This, so is, this, happens, this happens all over the league and it happens in other sports as well because I, had to, I was courtside for one of the games in the cup. Someone did their ankle and I was like, oh, is he all good? I said, yep, he'll be, he'll be good to go in the second half. So I crossed live to me. He walked out with an ice pack on and I was like, well, now I look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you exactly from the horse's mouth. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, the Wollongong Entertainment Centre clearly needs to have some sort of renovation. I know a lot of Illawarra locals and councilmen mm. and councilwomen have been pushing for renovations for that stadium yeah. For a while Well it's I'll tell you what Keep money. balling out there Apparently the Gaze said It's one of the best places To shoot Tyler Harvey proved that They've got 13 home games left Keep packing it out Let's go from there Let's go Colton Iverson goes off The week after Officiating controversy Amazing I He's Amazing. One, he's one of my favourite players in the They NBA. actually let the guy play. He's one of my favourite players in the NBA. This man, it was a game-time decision. He was 75%. on my all nba first team at the beginning of the year. He was. And his ankle, So he had a fitness test beforehand. You could see he was labouring. He was cooked. It was an overtime game. An ankle for a guy that size and weight is a much different beast 100%. than an ankle for a guard. And, well, he also, he doesn't move too fast left and right. He doesn't have to. He's massive. <laughs> he's so strong. He had 20 boards, really controlled the game. Really have a massive soft spot for Colton Iverson. I love the way – they. I love they got that win. They deserve that win, the Breakers, and hopefully they can just start to string a bit more positivity together. Will McDowell-White's out. Levi Randolph's coming back. Corey Webster. I'd prefer – my biggest beef with the Breakers over the weekend, and I was, I was happy to, to see them ball out. Mm. But the issue, especially for Colton Iverson – but I don't like the everyone coming out saying, just giving up a massive excuse for, no, no, it was all the officials. It was all the officials, Larry's leg, that's why you lost. Oh, no. yeah. Turnovers, poor shooting down the stretch, letting it get into the team, talking about the officiating in the not think That always adds to that culture of, okay, well, that's not, you, you look at the great teams, they usually come out and say, no, it doesn't matter, we lost the game. Well, as Bad I said, low. I didn't see it. Uh, so I only heard, and then Tom Abercrombie got a tech foul, Corey Webbs from the bench, and another one. I'd like to know what exactly was whether there's got to be. players game was, will never say it. I'm the same. I've had I've been teched up that many times and then said, no, 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 I didn't say that. Well, Tom Abercrombie is an interesting one. He was up, he was frustrated, but it's also, you don't really see him just start swearing at the ref. Yeah, I'm not. That is maybe that was a quick trigger, but you've got to be able to give him a warning on Tom Abercrombie. He is the defensive player of the year. I am yeah. put, he 100% right now is the defensive player of the year. Phoenix will not make the finals without Mitch Creek. Look at like. clearly not looking probably not even looking 60%, in my opinion, with the way he's moving. And he hasn't played basketball for a year. We've got to cut in some slack in that regard. But without Mitch Creek, this team, and that's why I was so excited to take Melbourne at the 4.5, they just don't have the weapons. No, I think it's hot. I think they, they don't have that leadership on both ends. Like... Talking about leading by example, he can guard everybody. He does all those hustle plays. And he just steps up when he has to. They don't have one play; it's going to have to be by committee. And right now, they have a log jam in the guard position. That's going to be a really interesting thing for Simon Mitchell to figure out. Kiefer Sykes is back. I think you have got to start him straight away. Put Kyle. He was on back. a minutes restriction. He was, but last he also n- now you need to put Kyle Adam back to his position because he's thinking, when do I go back to my sick man role where I come in launching and not have to just facilitate? So he's in that limbo. Adam Gibson's back playing good basketball. Isaiah Learth is like, well, you're not going to bench me now. I've been balling out and helping us win. So Simon Mitchell's got all these guys who deserve to play. Kyle needs to find a way to get out of there and get to the jack jumpers. And the jack jumpers need to commit to saying, okay, this is a guy, we're not just going to bring this guy in for marketing, blonde haired, surfer dude, like that sort of thing. No. Kyle can legitimately play. For a long time, he was that sort of little marketing, like mm. United had him, oh, hometown kid, we'll bring him out to southeast Melbourne. This guy can legitimately play, and he's come leaps and bounds over the last year. Well, he's going to have a little bidding war, I reckon, because I don't think Tommy, Greer, be a couple Tommy of Greer won't that, want to let him go. But he's, he he needs, a, he needs a starting gig, and I reckon that he can get that potentially. Especially next year with, with another team coming in, but it was spread around. There could be somewhere anyway. But can you imagine? Nah, I just don't know Tasmania is the town for Kyle Adam. He's a surfer. That sort Not of Not a stuff. golfer. Mm, I don't know. Beautiful place, but I don't know if it's there. Okay, next up. Inside the 36. Little Adelaide 36's documentary that they released. Hot or cold? Oh, I saw this. Yeah. Yeah, I saw it. I like it because I didn't know any other team was really doing it. I thought it was most teams could have jumped to the opportunity of the NBL Cup something different where you can just throw some good behind the scenes but will we see an answer for Brandon Paul behind the scenes that's what I want to know that's some really behind the scenes stuff I'm looking forward to season two I want to see the real stuff of behind the scenes it was good though I love it anytime a team goes out of their way and I think the 36ers you know quite a few teams have done it on social media this year starting to engage more with the fans 100% not being a, a separate entity a sporting team it's something that the AFL does well to an extent is engaging with the fans getting players out there and we do it with you know Kmart Game time yeah. and all these sort of things, but just doing it on social media—it's such a powerful tool that you need to be engaging with it. I, I think it's fantastic inside the thirty-six. I, I absolutely loved it. Whether you like or hate the team that you're watching, I'd love to see one with Sydney Kings. You know that I don't always get along with the Kings. I'd love to see some behind-the-scenes sort of because, stuff and to see yeah. how it really works. And What you need to do is for the fan—the fans need that human connection to realize, and this helps with—we talk about all the the anger that some fans have towards players and teams. that sometimes, when you can go back and see them, is people first before athletes that changes the way that your emotions yep. are with whatever's going on with your game and why you're upset with a team loss or a guy performing if you see behind the scenes of them as people first like everyone hates athletes when things are going wrong yeah they're people first and foremost they have emotions they ha- everyone makes mistakes I would love that for the more human factor in the NBL. I think that's something that we need to grow over the years. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, and most of the time, the player that you think's a flog, whether you think yep. Sobey flops and yeah. you don't like him, whether yeah. you think Goulding flops and you don't like him, I don't know Nathan Sobey, so I can't yeah. comment on him, but Goulding is one of the nicest guys that I know, yet seems to cop all this, this hate online for flopping, people saying he's arrogant. Goulding's one of the best blokes that I know, and he's such a leader on that but, United nah. team. It's amazing to see some of this stuff from people that don't necessarily see the behind the scenes stuff. If something was to happen, someone in that team. Goulding will be the first guy to reach out Anything yes, well, like that. Like you look at charity appeals before like, yeah. I'd be shocked if he wasn't doing something off his own bat. But he's something a like that. Big part of Helping Hoops, the program there. And yeah, the guy works with underprivileged kids and we talk about for absolutely no media, cost. And he's got the so <laughs> but he he doesn't have to go to the place He just yeah. goes to because he wants to help all the kids and they get to work with him. So that's the thing. For, for people that don't know, Chris Gordon goes and works with underprivileged kids with Helping Hoops, which is a fantastic organization. Do you see it all over his Instagram feed? Nah. Do you see it over everything? No, you don't. <laughs> because he just goes there and he helps yeah. out kids. But you know, we'll still yell at him from the side and say you're arrogant, you're a flopper, all this stuff. And he like, dropped drop 30. Yeah, it's, it's stuff like that. And there's plenty of guys like that throughout the league. 100%. I'm not just, there's no, plenty of other guys it. that I don't know personally yeah. that are doing. Like I see Jason Kade cop it sometimes. Caddy is also one of the nicest human beings on this planet loved by everyone in the league. Yep. Yet people just give it to Like Like I will never understand how people can make judgments so quickly on that sort of stuff. Anyway... Rookie of the year. Should it include all first-year players? Now, I've stolen this topic from the CEO of the Perth Bandits, Nick Tan, also the Lord Mayor of Perth and the King of Wildcats Twitter. Look, he's right. I he's reckon right. he's spot he's on. spot on. First year out I of might college. I have voted no on that poll just accidentally. First year out of college, why, it's the same thing as a high school guy or Nexter. Like, if a Nexter can get it, why? And this is because John Mooney is balling and would 100% be the rookie of the year. <laughs> but right now, they have a case of – so that's hot. Bryce Cotton's the MVP right now. No yep. question about it. John Mooney could be the runner of MVP right now. They could go one to the Cornella. That's incredible for what they're both doing. But I think, yeah, they're spot on that. Why can't he start a proper petition? Let's get it. Yeah, I think we we can't obviously go first, you know, first year in the league for anyone. No, first year pro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First, first year, year pro. pro. Which is interesting because Lamelo Ball won it after playing professional... In yeah, Because of the next stars, because he Which had himself. That's stars what I'm saying. Sort of, sort of first tag, year yeah. pro is completely different than first year in the league. I think, well, you look at rookie of the year, you can win rookie of the year after coming four years out of college, bang. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, I, I just find it weird. I, I, I definitely think, import or not, John Mooney should be the rookie of the year, but it's very tough to take anything off DJ at the moment, the way that he's playing unbelievable season. Jack White, we could go all day mm. talking about these rookies. I feel like yeah. we've kind of lost that in a couple yeah. of the other storylines about what a good position this league is and this homegrown talent. Anyway. That's all we've got time for. But we do have one more thing to go. Do you know what's happening on Good Friday? We spoke about charity stuff for the Good Friday appeal. Yeah. Well, our friends at Sportsbet are oh. jumping in. $2,000 for every dunk on Good Friday. Melbourne United versus Cairns. Look at that. How many players have we got in this game? Jock Landau. Jack Oliver. White. Cam Oliver. Boom shakalaka. There's $2,000. What do you reckon we're going to get up to? I reckon five, six minimum. Bang, if that happens, we might even have to double it. Ooh. I'm saying it'll, I it'll, be, a, it'll be a double figure. It'll be Ten. If Cam Oliver starts shooting threes in this game, I'm going to be heavily disappointed. If there was one excuse, big fella, to get back in the back in the paint and start dunking the ball, it's two thousand dollars the Good Friday appeal every time. I'm glad Jack White's back. Jack White's one; he gets up quick. Chris Golden has got two dunks this year. Golden dunked it. We know he's a charitable man. He's going to be in there doing it. But anyway, two thousand dollars for every dunk in the Melbourne United first Cans game on Good Friday. That's all we got time for. Hopefully a controversy-free week in the NBL. Oh, am oh, I kidding. kidding? We want controversy because that's what we talk about. Enjoy and gamble responsibly.